Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Welcome, everyone. This is Rachel Hutchison, and this is the SG Engage podcast. As you all know, I have the honor and pleasure of leading corporate social responsibility at Blackboard, and I love helping to host this podcast because it puts me in conversation with all sorts of interesting people in the world of social good. So this past year has taught us that change is the only constant, which presents a bit of a challenge for the traditional three-year strategic plan that many organizations put in place, let alone the five-year strategic plan. So here to talk with us about this and a better alternative for strategic planning is Steve Strang, Senior Consultant and Practice Director at Spectrum Nonprofit Services. So welcome to the podcast, Steve. Thanks, Rachel. It's great to be here. So let's just start with a little bit of intro. So tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you're calling in from, et cetera. Yeah, so uh, I live outside of Chicago in Evanston, Illinois. Our offices, we have offices in both Milwaukee and Chicago, so kind of spend a lot of time in this Great Lakes region. Uh, my background is really in public and nonprofit administration. So I uh, went to undergrad at Grand Valley State in Michigan, who has a great uh, philanthropy program and center there, and worked my way through different nonprofits. So I worked for the Red Cross for a couple of years at two different locations. Did some federal grants work at a university, and then also worked uh, for a state association of nonprofits and foundations. So, kind of worked my way up to understanding the sector as a whole. And I've been with Spectrum for just over eight years doing strategy work for nonprofits, really the social sector. We work with nonprofits, foundations, uh, departments of, of state governments as well, and uh, really focus uh, our management consulting work on strategy, finance, business models of all those entities. Well, you have an interesting background because it really does stretch across different components of what I think of as the you know social good sector. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on the board of, um, it was called SCANPO back then, the South Carolina Association of Nonprofits, now called Together SC, but um, state associations, grant makers, you know, nonprofits, et cetera. So it's great to have you. So let's dive in on the topic for today, which is adaptive strategy. So what the heck is that? Uh, I'll answer two different ways, actually. I kind of have two different definitions and I'll describe. You know, the first really from uh, kind of the consultant standpoint, it's kind of reframing what kind of traditional strategy is. And it's reframing it in a way that allows organizations to uh, keep strategic priorities in place, but respond to internal and external challenges, the market uh, influences in an ongoing manner. And we really, uh, we really build our kind of adaptive strategy approach as a cycle. And I think that's one of the biggest differences is adaptive strategy for us is an ongoing piece of an ongoing process within an organization. It's not a um, year one and year five process. We really build it out. So it's a cycle with no starting and ending point, which is, can be cumbersome and it's a lot to take in. But it's 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 more than just a process. It's really build, building that strategic culture within an organization. Um, again, kind of as a cycle within within that organization. Um, okay. So, how does an organization know 
Are there reasons or moments or happenings that make them realize that they want to shift to something like this? Well, I think, uh, you know, the, the last year actually is a great example, unfortunately. And when, you know, I, I've written about this and our team's written about this in the past. And unfortunately, the, the, the worst case scenario of the, of the situation came true where, you know, the, the last year has changed not only programs, but funding really organizations A to Z. And I think it's a good it's a good example of having a you know having a more adaptive strategy would allow your organization to keep its priorities in place, but not be so tied to a specific timeline or a specific program that might be outlined in a more traditional strategic format. And so I think this is a good example of you know being able to be flexible in a time of crisis. You know, this is a little more extreme than I think we usually give in our examples. But you know, the last year has kind of taught us that being adaptive is as tough as the last year has been. Being adaptive helps your organization get through crisis moments like this. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm having a moment where I'm thinking about our CEO who who said in the fall as we were talking about planning for the new year that the virus doesn't know that the new year is coming. Like yeah. it's not operating on an annual plan strategy. It's you know, you have to keep that in mind. We might wish that it did, but it does not. Yeah. So what are the benefits? You know, if you're a nonprofit and you want to shift to the strategy versus doing a traditional three-year or even five-year strategic plan if people still do that, what are the benefits of doing that? Well, I think uh, I'll kind of start out with some feedback and uh, from a client actually going through this process for the first time. And they had an aha moment internally with their team. And it really clarified for them that what we were building for them is what they call the strategy playbook. And it allowed for leadership to have flexibility to to implement and change um, internal operations a little more freely, but keeping towards the same beacon, if you will, for that organization. And it, it allowed them to say, you know, maybe this will take a week, maybe this will take one or three years, but the the goals of our process were not really tied to that, you know third week in April, as much as they were to a larger beacon for the organization, building them that playbook. So the leadership had that flexibility. It also, I I think the other piece that gets lost in a lot of strategy work and, you know, as consultants, we're just as guilty as anybody in this process is not reacting to the market very well. And doing strategy and really just organizational management is you can get caught up in your own bubble. And I think one thing that being more adaptive allows is having that foot and really building kind of a, a process to assess what is the market telling us, both from a funder standpoint, from a client standpoint, from a labor and engagement standpoint out in the community as well. And so really building in that market piece so you can adjust your strategy annually or whatever it might be internally um, to react to client needs and donor needs and all that. Yeah, I'm on a number of, of nonprofit boards, and I know we've been talking about how we, you know, we might have just had a board meeting and we have another one in a couple of months, but we need a, even an interim check-in between that just to see how things are going. Because if we wait too long and it's halfway through the year, we have to be prepared to be nimble just based on how things unfold around us more so than ever before. Right. Well, and another benefit to this, you know, back to that question is one of the biggest challenges, and we hear this from the board and staff side, is we need a more engaged board or we need to, to be more engaged as a board. 
And I think one thing that gets lost in a quote traditional planning process is your board is really engaged for six months, eight months, and then they kind of sit back and say, well, our planning is done. What should we be doing now? And we really are, um, you know, in our, in our process, but really just in a more adaptive process overall, keeping the board engaged ongoing from both a committee standpoint and maybe just a measurement and oversight standpoint allows the board to play a more engaged role. And, you know, as some executive directors love, maybe bringing the board out of the weeds a little bit more and bringing them to a little higher level of engagement which I think both sides appreciate having something to engage on, but also being a part of that uh, strate- ongoing strategic process internally. Yeah, for sure. So so tell us what this looks like, like when a nonprofit actually wants to implement an adaptive strategy. What's that look like? Yeah, we break it up into two different phases. And I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of writing out there, both, uh, you know, two great high-level strategy magazines or, or I guess online sites now are the Stanford Social Innovation and Harvard Business Review. Lots of writing from high levels around the, uh, what this looks like. We've actually broken out in, internally here for, into two different steps. And the reason we did that is really to remove the planning piece of strategic planning into one step and the strategy piece into another step. And so really being uh, kind of flipping what you might see as a traditional script to say, you know, 70% of our time is going to be thinking strategy for the organization, those spending time to get those high level beacons, if you will, in place. And we, you know, we didn't develop it. It's a, it's a common uh, tool out there. We use intended impact and really defining organizational impact as kind of our go-to long-term beacon for organizations. And then uh, building out a theory of change or impact strategy is, is the next step that we use. And the, we use those two elements as kind of our long-term foundational documents for organizations. And those are kind of your filters or your beacons that your operations then can be bounced off in a more annual basis, which is that planning piece. And so Again, separating the strategy side, what's our impact and how are we going to do that? And then building out the planning side, which is, okay, so what's our business model look like? What does our revenue strategy look like? How much of this impact that we've defined can we afford? Again, a little more annual, uh, a little more annual on the planning side, but that's the side then that we can reflect on at at a much shorter term. When we think of what's five years, 10 years, 20 years, the impact side really shouldn't be changing annually. That, those are our foundational documents that are, are there unless there's a huge pivot in the organization. And so thinking about strategy as uh, strategic planning as a strategy side and a planning side as a cycle, again, not as necessarily a linear process is, is, is kind of how you can see it if you were to imagine that in a graphic. Yeah. So, but, you know, boards have their own ways of operating, sometimes well and sometimes not well, and their own kind of behaviors. So, so how have you seen this unfold? Are, are board members typically, you know, like, okay, great, let's do this. Does it take socializing? How do you actually move a group of people toward doing this? Because I could see an executive director saying, okay, we'd love to do this. I'm bought in and even a board chair but you've got a whole group of people you need to engage. So, so what have you seen about kind of what it really takes to get that, that whole group to buy in? I would actually say that's probably one of the bigger, if not the biggest challenge to doing something like this. Um, it's, you know, when you say strategic planning, a, either 
eyes roll or people get excited. <laughs> Some people right? run screaming from the room and other people want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no real gray area between that. And so uh, you need to get everybody. The important piece to, you know, not only this, but really moving into any strategic uh, process is buy-in from all your stakeholders, especially internal stakeholders. So I think the piece that we've really, that we, that we really focus on is what, what are kind of those starting pieces that we can get um, some cultural changes and buy-in internally? You know, we tactically, we do this with like a task force. But I think if you're if you're an executive director or a board member, there's a there's there's initial elements of this you can start implementing with your budget, with you know some initial board questions. We'd love to just have a board start talking at board meetings about strategy. You know that you get so focused on what are the finances this month, what's the event look like this month. Boards really rarely talk about you know if we went away today, who would it matter to and why starting to ask some of those big questions and really start to just create a culture of that strategic thinking. So then when you talk about this, it's not a huge pivot for organizations to say, uh, you know, now we're going to talk about strategy at every meeting, or now we're going to change our strategic planning process to start asking some of those questions internally. And, and, And that way you can start to see some of the benefits of that thinking as well in board meetings. It's a tough sell, though. There's a political element to this, like everything, to get a couple cheerleaders on your side to help sell this new process of um, strategic thinking in your organization. Yeah, so I could imagine that you know you'd want to be having that um, those com- conversations over time before it's launched, so that you get enough support in the room. Um, for sure. I've actually had one of those board conversations about, you know, what would happen if we didn't exist? Who would care? Who'd step up and take our place? Um, why do we matter? And it was one of the best board conversations I've been in because it really took us out of the weeds, as you said, and really made us realize that nonprofits face risks just like any other organization. Um, and we shouldn't just assume that, you know, we'll always be there, always doing the same thing. People always support us. And this year, of course, has taught us more about that as well. But I do think we should be thinking more like that. Anyway, so I have another question for you. So, you know, we have a lot of folks here listening um, who would love to have some sage advice from you. So what would you tell our listeners to do first? if they want to pivot their organization toward this. Give us some some early helpful tips that they can start applying um, as soon as today. Yeah, we've, uh, you know, we've done this, the past year has really, uh, has has not really changed our mindset, but it has, has kind of, this question has come up quite a bit. What should we be doing first? You know, in the past, I'll say pre-COVID, if you will, the, the place that we loved organizations to start, and it might be a little, seem a little unconventional, but we loved the budgeting process or even reviewing a budget, budget to actual. And the reason being is your budget is really, it's really a document that shows how you actualize your strategic plan. It breaks out how, uh, your, how you break up your resources really is kind of that putting your money where your mouth is statement within an organization. And using either the budgeting process or reviewing a budget to actual at year end is a great way to understand why certain decisions were made and tying those back to strategic elements in your organization. 
that that was uh, I'll say 2019 language that we that we loved. The reason I, there's a change now is the last year using your budget or budget to actual is probably a pretty worthless process or worthless document. And so the the place we actually have been starting organizations and recommend is a little higher level, and that's really thinking about um, what the impact of the organization is. That's the top of the pyramid, for lack of a better phrase there. But the reason being, we've, the reason we've been starting there is the conversation then can move to, are there any elements of the last year that better accomplish the impact we're having as an, or we want to have as an organization? And so first kind of going through a process to even just have that conversation like you had at the board level of, you know, who do we, who do we, who's our core audience? If we went away, who would it matter to and why? What's the outcome we want to have as the whole organization? This is one statement for the whole organization. We're successful if, uh, and really building out what that impact is we're trying to have. Because what organizations are now seeing is there's a whole new set of programs that they had to implement this year from virtual or you know membership and reservations for their programs, just a, a change of how organizations have ran. And that that impact statement now gives you a starting point to reflect either your program or strategy makeup that has been taking place over the last year. And you can now go through a process to say, you know, here was 2019 organization, here's our 2021, here's our impact statement, and start to build out kind of a new a, a new life for your organization. If you were to start today, how would this organization look? And in some ways, kind of forget about the program makeup and, and, and talk about impact for a little while within your organization. Yeah, that's really interesting, that, that idea of, you know, thinking about how are you making impact and how are you making impact today? Forget how you were doing it last year. Um, I know at, at BlackBud, we've seen a lot of our customers who were so privileged to work with really embrace digital transformation over this last year. And it was really in two ways. And one was just simply embracing the tools they already had, but hadn't really thought about using so much because everything could be so much more in person. And so all of a sudden it was, well, wait a minute, I need to do some things differently. And oh, guess what? I already have tools in front of me to do that. Mm -hmm. And then pushing the limits of saying, well, wait a minute, I've just gotten over this intellectual barrier that we can't do things all online. Yes, we can. And guess what? That opens up opportunity for us to do things differently. And frankly, we're all saying and seeing that it's not all going to just switch back to the way it was in 2019. And it shouldn't do that. And so there's this been this incredible innovation with the, you know, nonprofits tend to be um, a little more of a lagging market when they adopt technology. Mm-hmm. But it's like this jump and push, which is, which is really interesting. But I also really do appreciate your your 2019 answer as well about yeah. getting with the budget. And and I hope that we get back to a place where budgets are are you know more concrete. I, I've always been taught that there's a story behind every number, and I'm not a financial person, but but when I'm on a finance committee, I'm always asking, well, why? What's the story? What happened here? Or why do you think this number? And and I have seen many situations where the budget is kind of just given to the the committee or the board, and it's not really connected in terms of a narrative to the strategy or the mm-hmm. major initiatives, at least for the year. You know, the, the annual operating plan, the, this is what we're, we're trying to accomplish. And therefore, this is why the money is sitting where it's sitting. Sometimes it's like it can happen in different silos, which is 
which is really scary. Um, so I always look at the numbers as being like this lens to to action and impact. So yeah. if you say you're going to make a big impact and you're not spending anything more on it, you know, or you're cutting staff in that area, like how does that connect? So I think yeah. ultimately both of those things are really important. Yeah, in, in you know, aspect of my work with the CPA and we bounce, uh, we work well with each other because that is not my background. And so when we go through these processes of, of working through a budget or just a financial document, we have different points of view and I can kind of play that role of professional who's not a CPA. How do we explain this to somebody who has no training in, in finances? And I think, you know, if you can explain your budget in a way without talking about numbers, <laughs> you're talking about allocation of resources and tying it back to the strategy it really turns into a strategic document and not just a financial report for an organization. Yeah. And it also takes out a bit of that intimidation factor of people who don't understand or speak in financial lingo yeah. and frankly, who are embarrassed to say, oh, excuse me, I didn't understand what that act, what does that actually mean? And it's important for, I think, committees to have lots of different people who come at things from different ways. Um, uh, you know, when we're doing these things for organizations. Yeah. So um, this has been a great conversation. Um, thank you so much for being with us. I would love to know um, for our listening audience, if people would like to learn more about adaptive strategy and, and you kind of sit with it longer and read more, where could they go for more information? Yeah, there's a couple of good sources. So, you know, obviously I'll plug our Spectrum uh, nonprofits.com uh, site and our blog there. We do write quite a bit around strategy. Um, most of our pieces there have good links to our resources that we've read and used. The two, you know, from the from the highest of levels, the two sites I mentioned earlier, Stanford Social Innovation, they've been writing about impact and strategic planning for a long time. Um, most of that is applicable to, to the nonprofit sector. Uh, I'm not a, a I'm not someone who says you need a nonprofit resource to learn anything. I think both both their site and the Harvard Business Review have great tools. And, and you can learn a lot about kind of the, the highest level around the, the, the strategy theories that I've been talking about. Yeah, SSIR, great publication, great yeah, resources, just really thoughtful. And you're right, it's not just about nonprofits. Well, Steve, thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of SG Engage. It's been really interesting. And to our listening audience, um, thanks for tuning in. We hope that you enjoyed this conversation and that you tune into all the other podcast episodes that we have available. This is Rachel Hutchison signing off.